Thank you, Ashley. We're concluding a sermon series uh, this morning, The Witnesses of Christmas. Who, who, who were there? What, what did they see of the Christ? What do they have to tell us about Jesus? But also, what's our response to their testimony? Uh, this morning, we're going to be looking at Simeon's life. Now, Simeon would, would come into Jesus' life 40 days after Jesus was born to fulfill uh, what was given to the people of God in Leviticus. It would be the purification for the mother, but also, as Renee has said, a dedication of the child. The firstborn male would be brought before the Lord to be given to the Lord, and the parents would dedicate him to the Lord. Before we dive into his life, though, there's a picture here for us of our life with God that we do not want to miss. Luke is also the author of what book of Scripture? Acts. And so if we'll just do the math, there is a lot that, that, that Luke is giving us here that points to what God desires for us in Acts. Now, just do the math. I was a Mississippi State fan in the 80s watching that football team. And if it was 3rd and 15, if you were a state fan then, what were we going to do on 3rd and 15? If you had done the math, what were we going to do on 3rd and 15? Run it up the middle. That's right. That'll trick them every time. But anyway, because we had done the math and we had seen that several times. And just to be fair with me, when your preacher says, and in closing, what does that mean? Do the math. Oh, that's another 10 minutes. You know I might say in closing, but there's going to be a poem. It's going to be a prayer, an invitation, Right? Because you've done the math. Well, let's do the math here in Luke's gospel. You look to the chapters just before here, and you watch what Luke has to say about Zacharias and Elizabeth and Mary. What do you notice? Filled with the Holy Spirit. And then you look at the chapters that just come after these verses about Jesus in chapter 3, 22, 4, 1, 14, and 18. What does it say? Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus led about by the Spirit. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Or he proclaims, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then you get to Simeon's life in these verses, and we get a foretaste, a foretaste of the benefit in life that we can have because of what Jesus Christ has won for us through his cross and through his resurrection. You see in these verses, 25, 26, and 27, this threefold ministry of the Spirit on the believer. The Holy Spirit was upon him or he was filled by the Spirit. Verse 26, it was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, this discernment and wisdom we can have through the Spirit. And verse 27, he came in the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. So Luke is saying from the very beginning of this gospel, look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the beginning and then when he comes back to the, the, the story of Acts of the Apostles, then he's going to show what a life uh, filled by the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit looks like. But here's the model for us in Simeon's life. Spirit-filled, spirit-led. It sets the stage, really, for the whole, whole uh, gospel. That's why our forefather, John Wesley, just couldn't stop talking about the indwelling of the Spirit. That the Spirit comes... Not just to lead, but to fill. Now, we all have the fullness of the Spirit if we're believers, but there are places in our lives that He still wants to fill. We've just got to be aware of that and give Him our imaginations, our intentions, our creativity, our resources, our gift. Come and fill. And you see that ministry here in Simeon's life. The Spirit was upon him, it revealed to him, and it also led him. 
It's a great reminder uh, that comes later when Paul's talking to the church in Rome. Who are the sons of God? Those who are led by the Holy Spirit. And you see that model, that threefold model in Simeon's life. This is what is to be typical of the believer. The Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit giving you discernment and wisdom. The Holy Spirit leading your life. So, let's go to Simeon's story then. What is it that we see uh, in his life? What is it we notice in his life? Now, some of you, if you're a little OCD like me, you've been sitting through this whole service trying to worship, but you're wondering, why are those two guitars there if they weren't played? Anybody want to admit your OCD this morning? It's been driving a few of you crazy. I understand that. I understand that. What we want to do this morning is to think about Simeon's life as he waited for this promise. And y'all, we don't know. We don't know how long he waited. As he faithfully and patiently was in the, the temple wondering, could this be the day? Is this the one who will be uh, the answer that we have been seeking and the answer that has been promised to us? Let's hear more of Simeon's story. You'll find peace 
I like what Michael Card, who wrote that song, says of this moment with Simeon. I don't know what Simeon was expecting, but I know what he got. A little baby wrapped in rags with paupers for parents. What must have gone through Simeon's mind as he looked over the crowd, wondering if this would be the day? And God nudges at his heart and says, look over there. Yes, the one with dirty diapers. Simeon gets it. Simeon accepts it. And so does Anna in the following uh, verses. The first one's really to see. Again, it goes to that discernment that the Spirit can give when He's present in our lives to open our lives to the truth of Christ and the reality of Christ. Simeon sees. Anna sees. So what's here then? What is it in Simeon's story that we do not want to miss? First is, and this is a theme that continues to come up in our text throughout the Christmas season, and also it has come up even in our songs today, that Jesus Christ was born to save, that he's Savior. Verse 30, Simeon sings, I have seen your salvation. All other faiths are man-centered. All other faiths are works righteousness. But for our faith, we hold to grace. It is a God-centered faith that God has to initiate this work in our life for our salvation. And in Christ, he's completing that work. I have seen the very salvation of God for the world. Simeon testifies. We live in a world that, that, that doesn't see Christ in that way, that sees Many roads to get to God, to see, see roads not only that get to God, but I kind of make it up on my own, and it really it doesn't matter anyway, because all of us are going back to God. You don't, you don't get that from Simeon here. He is saying that is this one, Jesus Christ, this one is salvation for the world, echoing what Jesus would later say in John's gospel, that I am the Way, Or as Luke would point out later in his other book, Acts, in Acts 4, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. And it's fitting. The angel name given uh, to Jesus, Yeshua, Joshua, the one who saves. It has been his heart and his task always to bring us Salvation. I like what else Michael Card says about this moment with Simeon. He says, deep inside this tired old heart, he knew that the infant he held in his arms was in truth the one who had been holding him his entire life. And that, that's part of the Christmas st story is, yes, Jesus has come and Jesus has always been reaching to us. But it's up to us to say yes to the Christ child and to say yes and to bring him into our arms. He's always been holding us. He's always been reaching for us. How is it you and I, if we have not heard that news and responded to that news of salvation, say yes, I take that up. I take that up, Lord Jesus. 
But this second reminder, and this is a word for the church, and it's early. This is early that we also not only see salvation, but we see opposition. You go to verses 34 through 35, and it's a very difficult picture. Now, this is a picture that's always been there about Jesus. You go back to the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 8, 14, that said the Lord would be a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to both houses of Israel, and many may stumble over it and be broken. Simeon sings that Jesus would be light to the Gentiles and the glory of his people Israel but then he also says that there will be bitter anguish for Israel, for Jesus, and for her. Op- opposition, grief is promised. You know what's the next thing that happens in Luke's gospel? It's interesting. When you try to look at what happens with Jesus' public ministry, and you watch that in Luke, you have this glorious moment of his baptism as he's preparing for public ministry. The Father, not just the Holy Spirit, but the Father saying, this is my Son. And then you have Jesus go into the wilderness and face down the devil himself, right? These glorious moments. And then we're going to begin public ministry. You just get two little verses in Luke of what he does in Galilee. And his teaching or preaching, people respond to that. You know what the next story is? And this is the really first specific act where it's kind of spelled out in his public ministry. It's his hometown, and they want to kill him. I've stood at the base of that hill and looked up at where they wanted to take Jesus and throw him, they wanted to throw him off the edge and kill our Savior right then. From the very beginning, the first recorded specific act of ministry is opposition. And then you just keep watching throughout Luke, whether it's Nazareth or the next story right after that is demonic, Opposition, and then even his own family and the Jewish leaders, the Roman leaders, even his own disciples. It's, it's, it's struggle after struggle after struggle. It's a hard word for believers. We've been given a great and glorious grace. But there's also a truth here from Simeon. It was a hard truth for Mary, and it's a truth for us. If you and I are in the Spirit, if you or I are under his discernment, if you or I are following his lead, there's going to be serious bumps in the road. If we are in the world but not of the world, of course there will be opposition, and it's called out from the very beginning of Luke's gospel. Knowing Jesus is the greatest thing. Walking in the Spirit can be a struggle. Don't let, don't let that stop you from stepping out in faith. Don't let you think that that doesn't mean the favor of the Lord is upon you. Mary had said yes to God of this glorious thing. And Simeon looks her in the eye and says, it's going to break your heart. You're going to be broken because of what they're going to do to your son. doesn't mean we're outside the love of God, the favor of God, that the hand of God's not upon us. Opposition comes. But he also says right after that, verse 29, he reminds her as well that the peace of God has come in Christ Jesus. Oh, the benefits of being in Christ. Yes, the call to discipleship as we go through Luke's gospel, it is a tough call of what it is to be a disciple, but oh, the benefits of Christ Jesus. By the way, do you know it's even a, it's beneficial to be in church? Do you know that? I read about like five or ten years ago that the average age 
of somebody who didn't go to church at all was 75, but if you're in church regularly, it's 80, the average age of death. If you're in church every week, and I got people here this morning, you're here on December 30th. What are you doing here? Nobody goes to church in between Christmas and New Year's. 82. For 52 hours of coming to worship the Lord, you get an extra two years onto your life. Some people have said, I've heard the sermons. It's not worth the extra 52 hours to get two years. I hear you. What does the psalmist say? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Even in this difficult word of what it means to follow Christ and Christ's ministry, he speaks to Mary and he speaks to us of the peace. Again, do the math and count the benefits of knowing Christ. Yes, it's difficult, but he says to her there is peace, there is purpose, there is life, there is fellowship. And it's a peace that can only be found in Christ. And you see that in Simeon's life. What does he say? Now let your servant depart in peace because I've seen your salvation. I don't know how long he'd been waiting. I don't know the struggles in his life. But he met Jesus and he knew the peace of God. You and I know that real struggle. It was Simeon's struggle. It was Paul's struggle. And it's our struggle. I want to see Jesus. I want to be with Jesus. But as, as a good steward of all the gifts he's blessed us with, I want to be here to be with Sarah, to be with my kids, to be with you, to be with, Lord, bless me, future grandkids. I just, I want to be here, right? Uh, and it's that tension. But he's ready. He's ready. Why? Because he's met Jesus. I have your peace. It's okay to go now. Let me go because I've seen your salvation. I don't know if he went right then. I don't know if they turned the corner and boom, we had a rapture for Simeon. I don't know if it's 20 years or 100 years. I don't know. Scripture doesn't say, but it does say what happened in his heart. I saw Jesus. I've got peace. I pray that benefit over your life this day, that you know that peace. And then lastly, one other thing we see from Simeon's life, and it's this reminder that when we have met Christ, when we know Christ, that the outpouring of that, the effect of that, has to be testimony. There has to be a telling. He takes this child and begins to, to just not only speak, but again, as I said last week, this is really a hymn form. Bible scholars who read this Greek say this is really in the form of a song. He takes this just child who's a few weeks old up into his arms in verse 29 through 32. Not only were probably sung by him, but it's one of the earliest hymns of the early church. The early church at their evening services would sing Simeon's song over and over all the time. Now you think about that and you think about what's going on with Mary and Joseph. They're just going for the dedication, and somebody not only takes their child, but then just starts walking through the area singing. Is anybody letting anybody do that to your child now? I barely let, kids will barely let me take them down the aisle, right? That's what's happening. Is Simeon is singing over this child, and everybody, now just don't, I mean, you think about the embarrassment of Mary and Joseph in that moment. What's going on? Although I will say this, they're probably more open to that than anyone there because they've seen God's messengers, angels show up in their life. They have seen God place shepherds in their life. And just a year or two after this, they'll see God bring 
bring wise men into their life to testify. It's just like God to send somebody to, to pray over and to sing over your life. And that's what's happening here. But just think of that crowd that day. What I see Simeon here all the time, and he's always looking. He's always talking about that promise. And now he's got this little kid, and he's singing. How embarrassing is that? And it says here he's speaking to all. And I mean, or excuse me, when you get to Anna's story, she does the same thing. She speaks to all. When we meet the Christ child, we have to share it. I've told you before of Sarah's grandfather, a trailblazing missionary to Brazil, who risked his life for the kingdom on several occasions. But when they would come back every fifth year for furlough in Atlanta, he would hand out Bible tracts to everybody he would meet. He would, when they, I've told you before, when they'd go out to eat at Piccadilly, they'd all hold hands and sing the doxology. Not pray, sing the doxology before they ate, okay, in front of everybody. We're just going to sing and praise the Lord right here. But she also told me he used to buy these little, not only tracts, but have a mirror, this little mirror that he would hand out to people. And he would hand it to people and say, I want to show you somebody that, that God loves, that Jesus loves, and he'd hand it to them, and they'd look in the mirror. And he tried to initiate a conversation that way. I remember a story of him one time doing, walking up to a woman and saying, you've got a great smile, you must be a Christian. And she said, no. Kind of awkward to cold call somebody on that. Now, we're going to be talking about, on Wednesday nights, one of the Bible studies we'll have, starting on the 9th of January, is how is it we tell our Jesus story? What's the best way to tell our Jesus story? But what is your story? How did you meet Jesus? What's the change that he's met, made in your life? And can you do that in two minutes with only one Bible verse and clearly communicate who you were before you met him, how you met him, and how he changed your life? We're going to talk about how is it we tell because you look at Simeon's life, you look at Anna's life, you cannot not tell. We have to be careful about how we do that, to look for ways to do that, but boy, you look at Simeon, he had no problem grabbing that child, holding him up, and start singing in a big crowd. Anna went to talking to everybody. How is it this day for you? Have you said yes to Jesus as Savior? Simeon will not let us miss this part of the Christmas story. I have seen your salvation. He also reminds the believer that there's going to be opposition. There was opposition for Christ. There was opposition for Mary. Don't let that deter you in your faith. It's coming. Jesus promised that as well in John's gospel. Matter of fact, if there isn't some opposition in your life, we need to do some soul seeking on that. If how I parent is just like the world, if how I live is just like the world, if how I talk is just like the world, and I never get any pushback anywhere, I need to look at my life and say, Holy Spirit, give me your discernment. Am I missing something in my life? How is it that you need to just celebrate today the peace that Christ gives. Simeon was able to say, I can depart in peace now because I've met the Christ. How is it with family, with friends, in your neighborhood, how is it you need to be more open as Anna was, as Simeon was, to share it and to tell it? How will we tell this glorious story that Jesus has come? He is a light to the Gentiles and the glory of his people Israel. Let's pray about that. Father, we thank you for this, your word. And we ask now, as, as you just we have seen in so many of your people in Luke's gospel, we pray your Holy Spirit would come. Help us to respond to this, your word. Uh, to, to be able to, to see your presence and your purposes in our struggle. Uh, to see our need for Jesus, maybe for salvation. Uh, maybe to see uh, 
the peace that we can have and trust in even when we're going through difficult days, to turn our eyes to Christ and to know that peace, as well as to experience, again, your, your push and your call upon our lives to speak up, to tell the good news as Simeon faithfully did. However we need to respond, you have your will and your way. And it's in Christ's name and for his glory that we pray. Amen.